Okay, there we go. So, uh, today is the final Sunday of uh, the mini-series that we've been doing. Thanks to Andrew for taking over last week uh, there. Um, this is the point where you can say, oh, are we done yet? Well, we're almost done. Uh, <laughs> there, there. So, we did a lot, and we're going to cover a lot today, because the chapters we're going to look at are actually quite long, so we're going to do snippets there. And uh, I want to close up as well, so let's see if we can cram it, cram it all in. So, three weeks ago, we started talking about signs, signs in John, or miracles, because the word is really the same in Greek, so you need to read from the context what they are. And so we had first water in wine, that was the first one. And the second was not a miracle, but was, was a sign, if you think about it, was the cleansing of the temple. And then the third, the third was the healing of the official son. So those were the first three, and I'm reading just off my list here. And then last week, Andrew did the healing of the lame man. That was the fourth one. And the feeding of the 5,000. Now, the healing of the lame man, you can only find in John there. The feeding of the 5,000 you find in all the other four Gospels. So that is apparently an important miracle, important sign. And then today we're going to do another healing, also on the Sabbath day. And we're going to do a resurrection, the only resurrection in the Gospel. Well, with the Lord Jesus resurrect somebody else in, 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 in John. And then if you see uh, what we're going to do, is we're going to end in John 11... And then there's still 10 more chapters to go in the, chapter, in the Gospel of John. And so you think to yourself, the first sign is in John chapter 2, and then it ends in John chapter 11. And so if you get the feeling that these signs are concentrated in the first half of John, you're absolutely right there. Because then at a certain point the Lord Jesus stops. And does he stop doing signs? Does he stop doing miracles? Well, he does miracles in the other Gospels, but in John it stops. And it's almost as, as if John is to say, well, folks, that was it there. That was what the Lord Jesus did in, in public there. And John has a very particular purpose for doing that. Because in John, the signs are meant to show who the Lord Jesus is. And if you don't believe after the last sign, it's going to be very difficult to think what else could the Lord Jesus have done to make the people believe there. Now, we know signs and miracles is not going to do anything for your faith there. You believe, and then the signs and the miracles are going to support that there. But you can also believe without seeing any sign or miracle in your life there. And for us, we know that there. But for the Jews, that was, that was, that was a new thing there, that, that you can have faith without signs. And you see that as an, as, an, as, an, as an undercurrent in the entire Gospel of John, that the Lord Jesus says, have faith. Which one was the first of the miracles where the Lord Jesus actually says, have faith? Or if you don't have faith? You can just you can look at the list. It's okay, it's not a class. You can look at the list. And say, we, we can do a guess there. Which one was the first one? Yeah, it was the healing. It was the third one. Yeah, it was the third one. So with the water and wine, of course, there needed to be faith. 
But the Lord Jesus did not ask the people, do you have faith? The Lord Jesus simply told the servants, go, why don't, why don't you fill up 600 liters of water? Why don't you do that? And then with the water, why don't you go to the master of ceremonies? See, see if he likes that water. See if he likes that water there. Well, you need, you need faith to do that uh, there. And in the, in the cleansing of the temple, there was no faith required per se for that. Other than that, who is the Lord Jesus to do that? Well, you need faith in the Lord Jesus to do that. But in the third one, the Lord Jesus, and you can read that for yourself, the third one, the Lord Jesus really asks, unless you, unless you have faith there. And then the man says, I have faith there. And then the Lord Jesus, well, go, your son is healed. And so he had to go, he had to show, he had to show faith there. And in the healing of the lame man, the, the, the fifth miracle, did the man need to have faith that was, that was an interesting one, huh? last week. Last week, this man in this hospital in Bethesda, who was laying there with all these other sick people, and then the Lord Jesus asked him, what did the Lord Jesus ask him? Do you want to get better? Yeah, what a weird question. You're in a hospital, do you want to get better? And actually, it's not such a weird question, because there's many people who are in the hospital who have given up, who say, I don't want to get better. There. Do you want to get better? And that, what did the man say? Did the man say yes? No. No, he didn't say yes. What did the man say? Give some explanation. Yeah, of why it was not happening. Yeah. That, that man had absolutely no faith at all. He says, there's nobody here. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. I can't go. I've been laying here for 38 years. It's hopeless. There. And then what did the Lord, what did the Lord tell him? Yeah, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. Now, I'm very glad that he doesn't ask me to take up my bed because my bed is very large <laughs> there. So I'm very glad that the Lord is not asking me to take up my bed there. But he, he probably had like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a mattress or so, like a, like a mat uh, there. And so the Lord says, take up your mat and walk. And so he, he, he did it and he walked there. And then the Lord got into trouble. Why did the Lord get into trouble? It was on the Sabbath. Why was that a problem? You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Yeah. They had made an extensive list. And then, I, I don't think we, 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 read, we read that there, but that, that's going to come back today, because today we also have a miracle on the Sabbath day. And you might really think to yourself, is the Lord just provoking these people on the Sabbath day? So that's a question I would like you to to marinate over a little bit. Is the Lord Jesus deliberately provoking the Jews and the, and the, and, and the Pharisees? We're going to come back to that in a second. There. Okay, so that, was, that got the Lord into trouble there. And then there is the, the feeding of the 5,000. That's good. The Lord brings lunch for a lot of people there. And then we, there's, a, there's a theme there. Um, that I think you don't have time to read, but there's a theme there that we've come back to that. And so at the beginning of the series, I said, I said that uh, there's this verse at the beginning of John that the law was given by, who gave the law? Moses. Grace and truth have come through the Lord Jesus. So we have this contrast between Moses who gave the law, and incidentally, 
the, the, the Sabbath was one of the laws, was one of the Ten Commandments. It was one of the things that, that Moses said, you shouldn't no work on the Sabbath day. Uh, the, now, what that meant, of course, that was, a bit, that was a bit widened and a bit very specifically made, but there was this idea, no work on the Sabbath day. What's that? Yeah, to keep it holy there. Uh, and then, um, with the feeding of the 5,000, there's this discourse, this, this conversation between the Lord and the people afterwards, which is very interesting to read. And then the people tell the Lord Jesus, who gave us, who gave us mama? Who, who, gave, who gave mama from heaven? Well, it was God. But they say it was Moses who did that. It was Moses who did that. And then Lord Jesus says, no, it was, it was actually God who gave that manna there. And in the same way that God gave manna to the people in the, in the desert, so the Lord Jesus gave food to the people in there. Now, then the people get a bit confused because they say, well, give us this food always. Why don't you, why don't you do this always? And then the Lord does something similar to what he did earlier with the woman at the well. A very famous passage. There. There's no miracle. There's faith there. There's no miracle. And then he says, um, don't look just for bread, look for something that is eternal. Look for something, don't just look for bread, I can give you something better. And that was the same that he said at the woman at the well. When the woman says, well, give me this water always, and the Lord says, well, I can give you living water, I can give you something better than this water, because whoever drinks from this water is going to be thirsty, I can give you something better. And so with both John 6 and John 2, John 4, excuse me, John 6 and John 4, the Lord says, I have something, of course I'm happy to give you bread, I'm, of course I'm happy to give you water. I can give you something better. Wouldn't you want that? Now what do the people say to that? Did the people accept the Lord Jesus and say, sure, give, give, us, give us that living water, give us that bread of life? No, they said, no, thank you. We want the lunch, we don't want the bread of life. Yeah? They say, no. And so we have this pattern of rejection starting in John 5. And if you think about it, and we're going to see that more today, if you think about it, that is just mind-blowing that the Lord Jesus does these miracles and then the people say, you know what? No. That's nice. That's good. But no. It stops here. And so that's where we're going to pick up in John 9. So John 9. Sure, absolutely. He couldn't write them up, that's right. And he's very clear about that the Lord Jesus did many, many other miracles and signs there. Um, but if you look at, say, John versus the other Gospels, then John, it's very clear that John makes a selection there. And that he's not even trying to do as many as he can. He's, he, 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 actually, he lists the fewest of all miracles compared to all the other Gospels. So if you, if, if you read Mark, which is a very short Gospel... There's more than six uh, miracles in the Gospel of, of John, or more, depending, more than eight, depending on how you count. 
there. So it's not just that, that John couldn't write them all up. He's very particular in the ones that he takes. And he includes a few that the other gospel writers don't have. There. So the one we're going to do today, both of them that we're going to do today, are not in the other gospel writers. That's right. And they, they could they could have known. They could have known. Yeah. So um, let me see. Um, would you like to read? John nine verses one to twelve. Thank you. Thank you. I like how you're reading. It's a pleasure to, it's a pleasure to listen to. <laughs> so, what do we have here? We have somebody who's blind, but not just blind. What is special about this man? He's blind from birth. Yeah. Can you imagine the shock and the horror of the parents when you have a baby and you realize that the baby is blind? There. Who here is who has kids? Well, this is <laughs> it's hard, hard, it's hard for you to do that. <laughs> so who who has kids? Have you ever thought to yourself, in raising kids, that oh my goodness, I did something wrong, that this happened, with my kids? Have you ever thought that? Yeah. Or did you ever thought to yourself, this child is in trouble? Now maybe it's their own doing. But maybe there's something that I could have done. Have you ever thought that? I think any parent, most parents, have this struggle of, of, did I do something wrong? Did they do something wrong? Was it both of us? What's going on? What's going on? Now, in this case, and this is not always, eh? so sometimes you did something wrong as a parent there, and then you need to repent of that, and you need to ask for forgiveness. Sometimes it's not you, sometimes it's the children that do something wrong, and then they need to repent, and then they need to ask for forgiveness. And sometimes it's neither. 
Sometimes it's both. That's a really bad day. Like if it's the parents and the kids that do that, then it's then it's it's a very bad day. Then then it's it's weeping and fasting. Uh, it is time for that. But here it says his disciples asked him, Rabbi, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And what does the Lord say? Neither. Oh, you knew that. You knew that. Neither. Why was this man born blind? And this is a very difficult answer. So God can be glorified. Now, that comes into an an, an area of, of questions of why does God allow suffering? And with the earthquake in Turkey last week, uh, there, there is no simple answers to that. And so, if you go for the cheap answers and say, well, it's, it's, it's for the glory of God, and you just ignore and you push away all the pain that, and the suffering that's going on, then, then it's time to grow a heart, I think, there. But if you just only look at the pain and you say, well, there's nothing that God can do, then you go wrong on the other side. So we believers, in some way, we are conflicted people. We are, we are, there's something in our brain that's hurting when you think about this, because when you look at the pain and the suffering, it's very difficult to make sense of that there. And if you push that away, it's about everything is for the glory of God. That sounds so cheap there. And the answer is it's both. It is both. And the answer that and Andrew said it last week, when, when in, in John 5, when the Lord came to that hospital, it doesn't say that he healed everybody there. There were many people that were sick, and he picked just one out there who had been there for 38 years. Uh, there. And then, actually, if you go on to read, if in Acts, and you see that the disciples are healing uh, people, then you think to yourself, but those people were probably there when the Lord Jesus was walking there. Uh, why didn't the Lord Jesus heal those people? I said, well, not everybody. Everybody in, time, in God's time. And that is something that John is very keen on, is that everything that the Lord does is because... God tells him to do that. He is working the works that God gives him to do in God's time. And we're going to see that in the second, second one as well. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Now, to understand that, chapter 7, uh, sorry, chapter 8, where the Lord Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, uh, there. And so he's continuing on, on that. And then he repeats that in verse 5. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Why is he saying that? He said it before. Why is he saying, I'm the light of the world with this miracle? Because, yeah. Here we have a person who was blind, who had never seen the light of day. That's a wrong expression. Who had never seen the light of the day in, in, in his life there. Can you imagine when this guy, when he opens his eyes and he sees everything, he sees the light, he sees everything in focus, he has heard of things, but now he sees it. That must have been fantastic there. Now, do you know of any story of blind people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that are being healed? This is an Old Testament 
Trevjekwes. Do you, do you know of any people in the Old Testament that were blind that were being healed? Okay, I'm going to narrow it down. Do you know... Huh? No, no, the said. So do you, do you know of any, any, anybody in, in Kings... So he was blind in a different way. So Nebuchadnezzar was he went he went out of his mind, but he was not he was not blind. He was spiritually blind, but he was not physically blind. So do you know the story of Eliza? Eliza, where he's in a city, and then there's these armies that, that 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 come there. And then there's two cases of blindness. One is spiritual, the other is physical. And then Eliza says, his servant says, oh my goodness, do you see all these armies there? We are doomed there. And then, what, is, what does Eliza tell the, the, the servant? There's more with us. And then what does he see? The heavenly hosts. He, his eyes are opened, spiritual eyes, and he sees then the angels of the Lord, the, the, the army angels of the Lord. He says, wow, I did not see that coming. There. And then what happens after that? And the entire army is struck with blindness. There. And so then he says, come into the city. I know a way. And then uh, he co they come into the city and then so open their eyes. And then their eyes are open. Oh, my goodness. We are, we are now, we're, we're trapped. We're trapped there. And he tells the king, treat them well. And then they go, like, embarrassingly, they go, they, go, they go away. So Eliza could open blind, blind eyes by the power of the Lord there. But were these people born blind? And the answer is no. So there's no case of being born blind, as far as I know, in the Old Testament. There's cases of healing of blindness there. But as it said, and, and we're gonna, not going to read that in this chapter, there is no case in, 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 in Jewish history that the Jews knew of of somebody who was born blind. That was... That was out of this world. Yeah. So, um, any questions about this passage here? I find it, at least in the translation that we have, I don't know what it, what it goes back to the Aramaic, but twice in the last sentence of that verse uh, 5, it says, I am. Yep. And, it's, and I know that when Christ responds with, Soldiers prior to his arrest, yeah. they fell back. So, so him to use it twice, I am in the world, and I am the light. Yeah, so you have to be a bit careful there what it, what it, what it is, but there is these very specific uh, phrases in John where he says, I am the good shepherd, I am the light of the world. There, uh, in, in, in John 11, we don't see, I'm the resurrection and the life. There, where they are very specific uh, for the for the I am, and why is that significant? Why is that important? When I'm looking at that verse, I'm looking at the fact that the great I am is the one who created. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't read that, but you can make a note of that um, in John. Uh, John, ten. Uh, 
Yeah, there's Verse there's 11. there is one there's one more specifically. I am the gate is another one, but it says, before Abraham was, I am. I think I am. Oh, sorry. Uh, verse 8. Yeah, thank you. 8.58. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, truly in the Hebrews, amen. So, amen, amen. What, what do you say at the end? Amen, amen. I say to you, before Abraham was born... I am there. And what is the response of the Jews? What's that? <laughs> what translation do you read? <laughs> the world translation. Uh, verse 59. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself uh, there. By the way, where does that happen? In the temple. In the temple. Which temple did he claim just a couple of chapters before? Yeah, the same temple, eh? So the same temple that he claimed and said, this is my father's house, there are stones there. Now, those stones, that's not trash. Those stones are there for the, for, the, for the repairs of the temple, probably. And those are the stones that they tried to kill the Son of God. It's like a, like a small, like, if you think about it, you just, your mind is, is like, what are they doing here? Uh, yeah, but before Abraham was born, I am. And so, come. And so that, uh, that very verse is, uh, is, is very, because the Jews heard, before Abraham was born, Yahweh. That's what they heard, Jehovah. I am. Now, no way. No way. Okay, any other questions about chapter 9? Yeah. Very good, yeah. He had, his, he, had his, he, had his, he had his mud mask over his eyes uh, there. And I have no idea what that means, in case you were, you were wondering. But. I, I'm just curious, because if, if Jesus wanted to heal this man, he didn't need to put mud on his face, yeah. go and wash, he could just say, I was reading yesterday to, to, my, to, to, to our kids, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, one of the, the Narnia Chronicles. And in there it says um, this, this very sentence that, that um, no thing or no miracle happens the same way twice there. And uh, of course, that is, that is, that is non-biblical, so if you want to discard that, that, that's fine. But I do, I do think there's something to, to that effect, that God is never doing the same thing twice. Uh, in, in, the, in the very same way. God is very unpredictable in that way. And I think if you look at your own life, is that you might have found yourself in the same ditch a couple of times. But I think it's, it's and that, that's, that's why testimonies are so great, is that God saves us in different ways uh, there. Um, and so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm wondering if the mud is, is, is um, significant of sin and the water is the washing away of the sin. That could be. I don't, I don't know what the... But that would be... The, 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 the difficulty with that explanation would be is that the Lord just said that there is no... Uh, so this guy has not sinned uh, there, so he needs to. Because uh, one of the miracles earlier, uh, these people went into the pool and 
Yeah. So in some way, so if people were to say, if, if people were to say, oh, there was something special about the mud, there was something special about the water there. If you, if, 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 we're not going to read the rest of the chapter, but in some way that makes it even stronger, because everybody is saying and everybody agrees, no way that this blind man couldn't be healed. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking it could also you could look at the Genesis creation of man. Yep. Out of the dust, yeah. So in, in some way, so there, there is something, so for sure there's a theme of water in, in John. There. So we had the, the, the water at the wedding, we had the water at the pool. There, there is something about water in John. I don't know what it means, but there is, there, there is something, there is so, there's something, there's something, there's something there. There's something there. Um, now if we talk about, say, what does the spirit, what does blindness talk about spiritually there? Well... The man in, in, in John 5, he couldn't walk, so he had no faith, he could not walk in faith. And so to walk in faith is definitely something that we are familiar with. Eh? Faith is not a passive business. People who think that faith is boring, I have never talked to somebody who, 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 who has been walking with the Lord for a long time. So it's, it's, it's anything but boring. It's, 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 it's scary, it's unpredictable, and it's so good uh, there. But for sure scary and for sure unpredictable, because God is not, God is not, you cannot put God in a box there. Now blindness is of course the next one, that we, as, as amazing grace, I was blind, but now I can see there. Now, for there, if you read a bit of the context, in John 8, the Lord says, I am the light of the world. And then in John 9, there's somebody who cannot see anything at all. And then... There was one thing in, in verse 12. Then they said, they said to him, where is he? The person who made you well. And then he said, I don't know. And I was reading that. And your heart breaks a little bit because he said, he's just been healed by the Lord Jesus. He's sent away. And then on the way back, he gives all these people like, hey, wait a minute. You used to be blind. Like, we were certain you were blind. Like, do you have a twin, like a twin brother or so? Because there's, there's no way that you can be healed. There's all sorts of confusion. Said, no, no, there was somebody who put mud on my eye. I didn't see him, of course, because I was blind. There's somebody who put mud on my eye and then sent me to the pool. And maybe he got help uh, there because it was downhill. By the way, the, the, the name of the pool is, is translated sent, Siloam, sent. Yeah, and he is being sent there. Um, and it, where is he? I don't know. He's close to his home. He's close to his home, but he, he doesn't know where the Lord Jesus is. And say, here's somebody who wants to thank the Lord Jesus, and I can't find him there. Yeah. Oh, it gets better. So he stands up for the Lord Jesus. We're not going to read that. But Alice, can you read 30, um, 35 through 41? And then we're going to go to the next one. Uh, 30, uh, 35 to the end. Jesus heard that they had thrown him 
Yeah. So the Lord Jesus is using this as an as an object 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 lesson. So first of all, here we have somebody who worships the Lord Jesus. Now, does the Lord Jesus tell him, "No, you're not supposed to worship me"? We're not supposed to worship man, are we? People do, and that is wrong. But here we have a case where somebody worships the Lord Jesus, and it's absolutely correct. It's absolutely right. And then they'll say, For judgment I came into this world so that those who not see may, may see, and that those who see may become blind there. So see, see, blind. What, what is the Lord talking about here? If you, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, if you think that you have 20-20 vision, that you can see everything there, and you do not see that you yourself are a sinner, that's what the Lord is talking about. So you think you see everything, but you don't see, you don't recognize that you yourself are, are a sinner, you're blind. You're blind. And the Lord says, in that case, that's the last verse, if you were blind, you would have no sin. Well, does that mean that you have no sin? No, it means that if you say, I, 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 I don't know, I am blind there, well, then you also don't see the sin in yourself, but you are blind. But if you say, I have 20-20 vision, and you don't see the sin in your life, you're actually blind there. You're actually blind. Your sin remains there. Who convicts of sin? Gospel of John. Who convicts of sin? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. There. And so, if you shut yourself off for the Holy Spirit, well, then it's very easy to be blind for your own sin there. Uh, there. But then if you say, well, I'm a believer and I have, and I have a vision there, then, you're tr then it becomes tricky. Then it becomes tricky there. So... In John uh, 9, the interesting thing is, we had somebody who was blind and now can see, and we had the Pharisees who say that they see, and they're, they're blind as bats. They're, they're absolutely blind there. And if you read the discourse, and we're not going to do that, but if you read the discourse, it's absolutely flabbergasting. It's staggering. Because they try to say everything just to ignore, just that they, they, they can ignore that the Lord Jesus is, is healing. So they say, you are not blind. And the man says, excuse me, I was blind. And they said, well, ask your parents. And they asked his parents, was, was this guy really blind? Now, that's insensitive. Like, you, 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 as parents, you, you have a blind child. And then, 
the religious leaders come to you and say, I don't think he was blind. Excuse me? Yeah, he was blind. All right, there. So there was all sorts of interesting things just to not to have to admit that the Lord Jesus healed somebody. Yeah, absolutely. This was so it was not solo, so it was it was very public. Everybody saw that it was undeniable that this had taken place. Everybody knew the man, knew that he was blind, everybody saw how he got healed, and everybody saw how you there is absolutely no way that people could say, Well, it was the mud that was special, or it was the water that was special. There was no way. It's it's very clear from the text that everybody who saw that believed that that's the guy who did it. The Lord Jesus did it. By the way, the story you're alluding to is even, even better than that. So it's the story of Naaman. Yeah. And Naaman was a foreigner. And the Lord Jesus in Matthew says, there were many people who were leprous in Israel, and they were not healed there, except for one, Naaman, a, fo- a, a, a foreigner, a wicked foreigner. He, 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 got, he got healed. And so Naaman was a sign for the people of Israel that it is God who heals people and that it is um, God who does that. Okay, let's go to John 11. Let's see how far we get. Uh, There. You know what? Maybe we should do John 11 next week. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's, that, that's, 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 that's a lot. That's a lot there. Then if we... Um, let's do that next week. Um, I want to um, focus on John 9, one more thing. Say, in verse 4, the Lord says, We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work there. What are the works of whom who sent me? God. Yeah. And so God has works for the Lord Jesus to do. And the Lord Jesus is doing that. Now I want you to turn with me to John 14, which is a passage that is often abused. So John 14, verse 12. Rick, would you mind reading verse 12? Uh, Can you read John 14, 12, please?
So I'm jumping ahead. So this is the this is the upper room. This is the Last Supper. And so the Lord is talking here to his disciples. So this is a private a private company here. And then the Lord says, uh, "He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also." Well, let's make this practical. At this point, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Yeah. So the works that he will do, that the Lord the works that the Lord Jesus is doing, he says, you will do also, also. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you will do the works that he's doing. Am I reading this right? And I see now a couple of frightened eyes of, oh no. Like, do we need to put mud on people's eyes? Like, what, 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 what's going? I was uh, reading a translation which referring to not so much miracles, but evangelism. Yeah, and greater works than these, he will do because I go to the Father there. Yeah. And that's typically, uh, there's two strands of thought here. And that depends on whether you believe that miracles are still possible in this time, in this day and age. So one is, is that uh, when we talk about works, these are miracles there. And so when the Lord Jesus says, you will do, do those, those, you will do miracles there. Now, if you go to, say, the, the more Pentecostal or charisma, charismatic spectrum of the church uh, there, they will take this verse in that way. They will say, we are supposed to do miracles. Now, I would like to have a little cut in there. Because the Lord Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. Now, did the disciples do miracles? Yeah, many, many. Up to the point where they do miracles that we never read that the Lord Jesus did. Like, if you read about uh, Peter, uh, then they say they were hoping that, that Peter's shadow would come on them because that was... That you, you, know, you don't read that of the Lord Jesus there. Or that pieces of clothing. So Peter was always missing his handkerchief because people thought that, well, that, 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 that was healing uh, there. So greater miracles than the Lord Jesus did. Uh, then there's the other line of thought. Is, no, 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 this is, this is evangelism. And there's merit to that idea. Because what happens when you evangelize and somebody comes to faith? Salvation. Salvation. Is that a miracle? Yes. Absolutely. Because that is somebody who came from death, blind, not walking, to life, Seeing, walking in faith, there. Now, that, if that that sounds like a that sounds like a miracle to me. Now, I don't want to talk about either point of. I'm happy to talk about this afterwards. But I would like to point out in John 14, uh, what does it say about the works? There. What sort of works is the Lord Jesus? We just read it in John. What sort of works is the Lord Jesus doing? So it says works there. And then we just read in John 9, verse 4. Can you read it again? 9, verse 4. We're almost done. We're almost done. We must work the works of him who sent me. And so when people read John 14, they're so caught up in, can we do miracles if we believe in the Lord Jesus there? That they completely ignore that this is the works uh, of God there. 
And then the example that the Lord gives, he says, you will do the same works that I did. Now, how did the Lord Jesus do his works? Well, he got the works from God the Father there. And so when the Lord Jesus was doing something on earth, it was never outside the scope of what God the Father had for him. And so when God the Father, and we're going to see that next week when we're going to read uh, John, John 11, when God the Father told the Lord Jesus to do something, that is what the Lord Jesus did. When God the Father said, this is the time to do this, so the timing. Remember John 2, when, 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 at the wedding, when, when, when Mary comes to the Lord Jesus and says, they're out of wine, they're out of wine. What did the Lord Jesus say? John 2, what did the Lord Jesus say to, to his mother? What do I have to do with you? And then what's the next verse after that? My time has not yet come there. So whose time was he waiting for? God's time there. And so one thing that I would like you to remember from this Bible study is that all the signs, all the works that the Lord Jesus is doing, he does because God is telling him to do that in God's time. And that uh, should be the same for us. There is this close communion, this close connection. The Son doesn't do anything without the Father's will. Now, if the Son doesn't do anything without the Father's will, that must be the same for us. So we don't go out in this world and say, well, who can we bring to salvation? Or who can we heal there? Or what, what sort of words can we say to, to, to people? Words of judgment there. Well, anything that God tells you to do, that's what you do. Everything that God tells you to do in God's time, that's what you do. Everything that God tells you to speak, that is what you have to speak. You don't act on your own. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you do the same works that he is doing in the same way as connected with God. Okay, why don't we pray? And then we close. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you uh, healed a blind man, a, a born blind there. And we thank you that... Um, you had compassion on this man, that you used other people in the, in, the, in, the, in the miracle of the healing, and that you pointed towards the works that you were doing uh, from God. There. And Lord Jesus, we don't understand the suffering in this world. We don't understand the pain in this world. We don't understand why this is the way that God is being glorified. But we see in this miracle, in this sign, that God is being glorified. And so, when we go from here, we pray that we may work the works that you have prepared for us, that we may walk in them, as Ephesians says, and that we will be, bring glory to your name. And that through the things that we do and the, through the things that we say, that others may glorify your name, because you're worthy of all the glory. Please go with us as we go from here. Please be with us the coming week, and that we may remember the words, your words. In Jesus' name we pray.